0: so tonight the sermon the lesson comes from Matthew chapter 28 so please hop over to Matthew chapter 28 tonight was supposed to be once again a spiritual discipline um, but we have we will, we will get to that later because today's a special day um today's a special day it's ascension day um, you know Jesus uh, is is crucified there at Passover weekend and 50 days after Passover is Pentecost Pente- meaning pentecost meaning 50 and so 50 days after Jesus died is Acts chapter 2, one of our favorite verses, Acts two, thirty-six, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, uh, for the forgiveness of sins and for the gift of the Holy Spirit. But 10 days before that is Jesus's ascension, when Jesus actually ascends into heaven after the resurrection. And for, notice that Jesus's ministry on earth does not end at the resurrection, it ends at the ascension. And so we're going to read Matthew chapter 28 here, really the last four verses of Matthew and kind of do a special ascension lesson tonight because it's going to set up our Pentecost uh, service, actually, uh, which will be pretty cool uh, as we look into that 10 days from now. But it is on this day, it, it is on this night uh, where, where the apostles gather in one place and see Jesus ascend into heaven. And that's what's Matthew chapter 28. So we're going to read this together and starting in verse 16. It's, so the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain Jesus had designated. This is the NET version, by the way. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came up and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and remember, I am with you always, to the very end of the age. This might be, if I were to just ask the church, if we were all to turn on our microphones, which please don't do, but if we were all to turn on our microphones, this might be the have memorized the most. Maybe this one might be up there. Maybe definitely top five. If I just asked, who knows through twenty eight eighteen, many of us can recite this passage. In fact, many scholars say if you want to understand the Gospel of Matthew read the last four verses. It's kind of like in school when you had a book report and you just went to go read the last page of the, of the book to see what it was about, which didn't usually work. Well, it works with Matthew, though I do suggest to read the whole book. It works with Matthew that these four verses are really what the entire gospel is about. What's happening here at the Ascension? And try to put yourselves in the apostles' shoes. As they come here, it says in verse 16 that the 11 disciples, right, 11, they're missing one, Right, they they've got to be aware of who they're missing and why they're missing him. The Galilee, this is the mountain that Jesus had designated, and uh, when they saw him, they worship him, but some some doubted. And so, I wanted to kind of focus on that idea because I, how crazy is it that the apostles see Jesus rise from the dead? They they interact with him, they see him, he's there, he's ascending, and they worship. But it says, but some doubted. Other versions say some. Hesitated. How is that possible? Now, if you think about seeing a dead person rise, maybe you you can't help but worship him. Maybe maybe there, there's something in this that's just, you know, kind of second nature for them or or kind of impulsive. But I love. I can't get past this idea of how are they able to worship, but then mix that worship with doubt. Um, why do they hesitate? What is it about the situation that causes them? To hesitate. And and I think that it's it's an interesting thing because if you think about when's the last time these guys saw Jesus, um, they were in Gethsemane. Um, They were all running away. Um, They were all abandoning Christ. And so when they come up to Jesus here at the very end of the book, um, and you think about all those guys, Peter denying Jesus three times, I mean, the worst of the worst, You know, Mark talks about a young man who fled naked, leaving his garment behind, right, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, James and John, right before uh, Jerusalem, are arguing about who's going to be the greatest, and yet they abandon Jesus. How embarrassing that is. All these guys, the last time they saw Jesus, they betrayed him. They did the worst thing that you can do to a friend and to a rabbi. And so they see Jesus, and he's there. You know, you ever, you ever do something wrong and, you, and to somebody, you see them and you're just like, how do I act? Do they know? Do they remember? I remember in football, played football for a long time, we had film sessions on Saturdays, and film was all about that. Film session was all about watching the tape from the game and seeing who messed up. And you didn't ever want to mess up in a game because you knew that they were going to replay it 15 times in film on Saturday, the next morning. And so you're constantly thinking, even if, even if you messed up in a game, I don't wanna mess up because I don't wanna to have to watch it in film. It even worked in a positive way. I remember I didn't play very much. I wasn't the greatest player, but I played on special teams. Well, that's that's kind of one facet of football. It's, it's the guys who in the very beginning of the game, they run down on the kickoff and they sprint, right? So I didn't play very much. So I had all this all this energy, right? So one time on kickoff, I was the first one down to the end. I I was the fastest one on kickoff. And I remember thinking, yes, in film, they're going to praise me. They're going to love that. I'm going to get a chance in front of the entire team to be able to say and see, look, here's mine. And he's actually the fastest one out there. Maybe this is my chance to kind of get more playing time. Well, we get to film the next morning and here comes my play and coach pauses the tape and he goes, I want to talk about something real quick. And I'm like, yes, here it is. It's coming my way. A little praise, a little boy. Coach goes, it is embarrassing that all of you lost to Minds. How is Minds the fastest one on kickoff? You all should be ashamed of yourself and embarrassed at this. I don't want to ever see it happen again. And he kept playing the tape. So there was my chance. Even my moment where I thought that I was going to, yes, here is my one good thing. It was actually a moment to say how everyone else, just showed how bad they are, right? And so, but I think sometimes, I think sometimes we can kind of, our, our failures are always with us. And sometimes we carry around our failures like it's tape, like it's film. And we play it again in our head, in our head, and our head, and, and it kills us. It, it, it gets in the way. And even here for the apostles, they, they, they worshipped, but some doubted. Some hesitated, and the, the very last thing that happened before this within their inter- interaction with Jesus was their betrayal of him. And you can't help but wonder how many of the apostles are thinking, "Is he going to rub it in? Is he going to bring it up? Uh, is he going to like me? Is he going to trust me? Is he going to... Does he still want me to be one of his guys?" And are we replay our failures, and those failures actually interrupt our worship of Jesus? those failures actually become the main things on our hearts and on our minds. And sometimes even when we do well, even when you are the fastest guy on kickoff, um, somehow there's still a way for it to be turned around into a negative. Maybe that, maybe you do that or somebody else does. And we can begin, and so when, we've, when we're focused on our failures, we become self-absorbed and we become self-focused and we get worried and we begin to try to protect ourselves. And here's, and the apostles come, and Jesus has this great moment where he says, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Imagine coming home and you know that you've messed up with your parents. And they're, you know, like when I was a kid, like you know that the spanking is coming. Um, and then my dad would say, Son, all authority in this house has been given to me. I'm like, a Spanking's definitely coming. Okay. You just said all authority has been given to you. I understand that. I'm in trouble. But he says, All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and maybe the apostles are like wait you're not even going to mention it because for jesus jesus actually doesn't care that much about your failures he cares more about the mission because jesus understands something incredible that we are not defined by our failures and and even these apostles who throughout the whole gospel of mark are failing Like Matthew is going out of his way to tell us how the apostles have messed up. They didn't know this. They didn't know that they were so dull, but Jesus doesn't, Jesus doesn't say, you know what? Um, I've watched my ministry the last few years and um, I died. So I think what we should do is actually kind of have some different lessons about how we can grow as a group and how we can kind of have team building activities. And yeah, I just think we need to build relationships with one another and build some trust. He says, guys, look, guys, we have a mission. We have a goal, and it's to go out and baptize and to disciple and to teach. We, guys, the mission is more important. Jesus doesn't look to the past. He looks to the future because Jesus understands that we cannot save ourselves. We got we to take our eyes off ourselves and put those eyes on Jesus. The more we look at ourselves, the more we try to self-protect, we turn inward. And we, we we have more and more and more workshops about self-improvement than going out and helping other people. Because the mission of Christ here is innately selfless. The, the healthy don't need a doctor. The sick need the doctor. And Jesus understands that, listen, yes, I understand that you blew it, but we've got a greater mission out there. And that is grace, that Jesus doesn't define us by our failures, like we often define ourselves by, how could he ever love me? He does he know what I did. Jesus goes, listen, all authority has been given to me. I know what you did, but let's go. There's people next door who need to be taught to obey. There's people in your kid's class who need to be baptized. You know, I think even, I, I think this idea of the mission, we can lose it so easily and we can become a church that's just focused on taking care or managing our sin or managing our problems or just being inward focused and having 200 marriage classes. And don't get me wrong, marriage is, an, is we should talk about it. But we, we lose sight of the mission and just being so focused on like how we can be better p- parents or better husbands or better singles or better employees or better friends. Amen, it's not that inspiring. It's not exciting. It's discouraging and sad because I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of failures. I'm not the best friend. I'm not the best husband. I'm not the, you know, I, but you know what I can do? What is simple is open my mouth and say, listen, you wanna? do you want to come to church with me? Do you want to study the Bible? Do you want to know the truth? And the most inspiring thing about being a Christian is when you get to help somebody become a Christian. When you're in a Bible study, it's amazing with a seeker, somebody who wants to know more about God and get baptized, it's amazing how many problems in your life kind of become less problematic. How issues that were so big for years, you realize this isn't really that big of an issue. We're in Bible studies. When we're not in Bible studies, we have more time to just focus. And we we worship, but some doubt. We worship, but some hesitate. We worship, but some pull back. We worship, but some are self-focused. And, and it's just simple. And Jesus says, keep it simple, guys. Four verses. This is it. Go make disciples of all nations, by the way. All nations. Baptize them. Teach them. And hey, by the way, you know, Matthew chapter 1 says that Jesus' name would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the book of Matthew ends the same way it begins. And remember, I am with you. It's not about you. It's not. Stop. Take your eyes off yourself, Peter. Take your eyes off yourself, James. Stop worrying about if you're good enough, whatever, and put your eyes on me. I'm with you. If they reject you, they reject me. If they kill you, they kill me first. I am with you, and I don't view you based on your merit or ability. I view you because I love you. And if, if that's the way I view you, perhaps you can view others that way. We can share with Charlottesville. We can have our teens bring friends to church on Zoom. We can, you know, there's so many opportunities now on Zoom. There's moms and dads studying the Bible. I, you know, yesterday I had a friend that I lost touch with six years ago. He left God, left the church. And I texted him yesterday, just said, hey, I'm thinking about you. And he texted right back. He hadn't talked to me in a long time. And I said, do you want to have a phone call? He said, yeah, let's talk. I was like, oh my gosh, it's incredible. He actually wants to talk, right? That, that, That one thing changed my whole day yesterday. And a lot of things happened yesterday that weren't necessarily so positive. But all I could think about was, man, this guy wants to talk on the phone. All right, amen. There's something about the mission that when we're a part of it, it inspires us. But we just get in, these, we get in these places where we get stuck. And if there's no baptisms, it's easy for things just to begin to struggle, and for us to begin to worship with some doubt. Now, praise God that we don't actually have to. And I know there's a lot of insecurity. Well, I, I can't baptize anybody. I don't know how. Listen, I don't, I don't think I know how either. <laughs> Jesus says, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. But I don't think I'm a Christian today because Nick Anderson was so incredible. I'm a Christian because Nick Anderson asked me to study the Bible, and he opened up the Bible with me, and the Bible did the rest, to be honest. And so if we can remember this, we can remember that our failures don't matter to Jesus. His mission matters. The mission matters. And that we can actually begin to to remember that it is on this day that Jesus says, listen, all authority has been given to me. This is the most important thing. And but guess what? Charlottesville, Hampton Roads, Austin, Texas, L.A. Forget about it. Jesus has authority over all creation. Jesus can and will save people here in Charlottesville. There's people in our neighborhoods. There's kids in your in your your, your kids' schools, right? Your kid, your neighbors, right? These are all. There's a harvest is plentiful. That's not the problem. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. And let it be today of all days that we can take a moment and remember this great commission and pray that it is not the great omission, uh, but it is something that we leave out of our lives. It really is this great commission of how we can put it into practice day in and day out. To not focus on me, but to help others, to love others, to teach them to obey all nations and baptize them and to remember that God is with us, that Christ is with us at the end of the age. So, as we think about that verse there, um, I got ahead of my slides. Here's the questions um, How does self focus interrupt your worship of Christ? If you truly deeply believe that Jesus is with you, how would obeying the Great Commission be easier? And how can you obey specifically the Great Commission this week? I know it's three questions, it's, it's a lot. If you don't get all of them, it's okay, but you can save one for a, a quiet time or something. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Blue Ridge Podcast. My name is Will Portillo, and if you'd be interested in more resources like this or connecting with us, visit us online at blueridge.church or connect with us on Facebook at Blue Ridge Church of Christ. Visit us on YouTube and subscribe for weekly sermons, encouraging news, and short devotionals. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.